Well, hey everybody, welcome to the MS Preps podcast uh, with you, Kellenberger. That's me, and Will Salmon. Oh, Will Salmon. Brought to you by ClarionLedger.com. Will, let's talk about the uh, the guy that everyone in the state is talking about, Cam Akers. Yeah, that that is exactly who everybody's talking about. You know, it's actually been so long from the last time we did the podcast that I guess you forgot how to pronounce my name. So yeah. That happened. <laughs> but, yeah, with Cam, I mean, he's coming off of an just an unworldly season uh, in which he racked up more than 30 touchdowns rushing the ball, mm-hmm. 30 touchdowns passing, total of 5,000, more than 5,000 combined yards passing and rushing, just something that you don't see ever in 6A, let alone in high school football. Right, and seven touchdowns, uh, 280 yards passing, 217 yards rushing give or take a yard on either one of them doing them off of the top of my head but yeah definitely seven touchdowns and a 6a state championship win for clinton against pearl on friday night the the culmination of camps very uh, i guess storied would be a good term for it high school career one of the best ever to play in the state of mississippi uh, finished it off on the right note delivering the arrows their first ever state championship but everybody already knows that this is about the next step for him. Uh, as he referenced on the field to you, like now comes the next part. He has to figure out who is he going to be playing for next year. Yeah, I love that quote uh, at the end of that game. <laughs> you know, because he knows. You know, that's the thing about Cam is that he's an exceptionally bright, bright dude. He knows. Like, he knows that that's what the focus is. I mean, the kid could save the world. And it could be, well, where are you going to college next year? Right. You know, who are you playing for? And, you know, who are you enrolling at next month? No matter what he does, that will be the question. So he knows. I mean, that's, he, he, he laughed about, you know, what, what the season meant, of course, saying that, you know, now i just got to figure out where I'm going. Which, of course, leads us to what's, what has dominated the discussion as far as recruiting goes in this state pretty much the whole the whole year, at least since I've been here in March. No, it's, it's always been, yeah, been Cam Akers. Yeah. Um, you know, when I got here, actually, the week before uh, I got to, got to Jackson uh, was the week that he decommitted from Alabama. And ever right. since then, it's just been all the attention on Cam Akers. You know, which, which has been cool to cover, which is also kind of leads me to um, the thought that, you know, of who's in play, who's not in play, and, you know, what kind of irks me a lot, actually, is that on, you know, certain people on Twitter or whatever tweeting at me that, you know, we're pumping the kid not to go to Ole Miss or whatever the, the case is, which is not not accurate at all. Uh, actually, it's better for the Clarion Ledger that Cam Baker stays in Mississippi yes. all accounts and purposes. It is better that the kid stays I, here. I wrote a column last year about the previous recruiting class lamenting the fact that some of them could end up going out of state, and they did. They went to Alabama. Nigel Knott, Raquan Davis, and Scott Lashley all did that. Like The best thing for like business purposes or whatever you want to call it would be that I, and I think that's what people don't understand is that the idea that, like, oh, we're against the Ole Miss or we're against Mississippi State. No, like, our dream scenario is the Egg Bowl every year is determined the SEC West and that both teams make the college football playoff. And then both teams make NCAA tournament runs after signing top five recruiting classes. And then they go to the College World Series. Like, there's intense interest in that. There would be a lot of people interested in that. We would be the ones to provide that sort of coverage. Like, that's Absolutely. what we would prefer. 
absolutely. But we also deal in what are called facts and, and the reality of the world. And the reality is is that through your reporting, you never thought Cam was going to go to Ole Miss last weekend. No, that's and, that's and I don't really think it ever made sense for him to go. To that's really the thing, game. and that's all I've ever put out. Actually, you know, I have no preference where any kid goes. I wish them the best of luck, no matter what. <laughs> By all means, do whatever you want to do. It's none of my business. You know what right. I mean? Uh, but the thing was, is that a couple of weeks back, there were reports circulating that he was not going to Ohio State and he was going to the Egg Bowl. I never heard that. So we never. We always reported he was going to Ohio State. Ends up, he's at Ohio State. Next week happens. Uh, reports circulate that he's taking an official visit to Ole Miss after the 6A championship. I never heard that. Um, never put it out there. Could have went, but then I asked him point blankly on Thursday, and he was pretty noncommittal about it, saying, ah, maybe, you know, may- maybe I'll go somewhere. I don't know yet. I'm still weighing my options. Um, and that's your typical Cam Akers response to, to really anything recruiting is that he, he will give that sort of answer because, you know, he's not just he's not going to tip his hand no matter what um, with this stuff. But the point is, is that, you know, Ole Miss is definitely in the running for Cam Akers, heavily in the running for Cam Akers. He is a huge target, obviously, of, of, of Ole Miss. And there's a, there's a decent chance he goes there. You know, like, I, I've never said that he would never go there. I, would ne- I never, quote, downplayed Akers to Ole Miss. That very well may happen. I just never reported that he would take the official visit to Ole Miss after the state championship because he said, if we win the state championship, I am celebrating with my friends and family. Hundred percent. Yeah, which is which is great. You know, that's that's cool. The idea though that he would take a visit after that, when that was always on the table, that was always a possibility that Clinton was. I mean, it's not as if they just decided to play this game to you know last week on a whim. You know, they clinched the spot, and they were the favorites. They've been the favorites the entire year. Yeah, and those reports came out early in the week that he was going to take that visit. I'll take one to. I would worry about the sort of kid that would win the state title and go, all right, you guys are going on the bus to go back to Clinton. Well, I'm going the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be problematic. And that's just not like, the... And that would kind of tell you something about who he is as an individual. That's not who Cam Akers is. Oh, absolutely not. No, this is a good dude who's always put his team first, family first, community first, even for, to that. I mean, every interview the kid's ever done, it's almost as if it's a broken record. He's going to mention Clinton. He's going to mention his teammates. He's going to mention his offensive line. He's going to mention his head coach. And then when you talk to him about recruiting, he's going to mention every single coach on that staff that he has a relationship with. Because that's just who he is. You know, he is going to name every single every single recruiting coach or every single coach that, ha- that he has been in contact with of a specific school that you ask him. And that's just, that's just who he is. You know, he's just going to do that. Right. I think part of the thing that's interesting about this recruitment, and every they're, they're like, recruitments are like snowflakes. Everyone is different. Like, there's no rhyme or reason because you're ultimately dealing with the whims of 17, 18-year-old guys and their families. And for the vast, vast majority of them, they have no experience in this process. And so they're just they're trying the best they can, but things are going to go every which way because everybody has different ideas of what's the best way to go about this. In Cam's case, he released a top 10, but that's been it. Yeah. And like you said, he's he's not tipped his hand. He's not sat, he's not done the, here's my top 15, here's my top 10. In two weeks, I'll give you my top eight. A week after that, I'll give you my top five. And then three days before I'm going to commit, I'm going to give you a top three. No, it's, it's a top 10 
And because he's not saying anything to let you think that it's one of a couple of schools, like, how many in the top ten are even, like, out of it? Like, that can definitively say, we're not in this anymore. Like, a couple. Yeah. and, and but, but the majority of them probably still think they have a shot. Yeah, and that, that's going to be that way until uh, really until I think he makes the announcement that this is where I'm going. He said on the record, I'm not doing a top list. I don't plan on doing that. You know, I'm not going to release it, which does two things. One, it allows him to just really focus on what's the best sort of situation for him without canceling anybody out. And secondly, right. from a media perspective... It gives you no hard sort of fact to pinpoint a favorite one way or the other, you know, and that's another reason why we haven't, a lot of people ask me, well, where do you think he's going, you know, and I say, and a lot of people ask me about that with a lot of guys, not just Cam, and I will very rarely ever say anything on the record, one, because I have no preference, I don't do crystal ball things, I don't, um, I don't, I don't want to say I don't care because I, I, for the most part, you know the kids. The kids are fine. You know, I like I like the kids. You know, they're they're, right. they're good people. Their families are good people. But what I mean is, I don't have a preference for it. You know, they could go to wherever school, and I'll still wish them the best of luck or whatever. You know, and if they go to a school that's in the state, we'll still cover them. <laughs> right. And if they don't, you know, uh, we'll keep Conference. an eye out on them. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just we're, we covered Mississippi, so that that's what it comes down to. But um. Yeah, I mean, as far as as far as what schools are in the mix and what schools aren't, you know, I, I again, I I just want to repeat this: that I do think that Ole Miss is one of those schools that are in the mix. Otherwise, you wouldn't see Hugh Freeze, uh, Coach Luke, um, Coach Nix in his home the other night, um, Sunday night. So that wouldn't have happened if they weren't in the mix. You know what right. I mean? And. He likes Ole Miss. He has always said, I like Ole Miss. I like Derek Nix. Derek Nix has done a great job recruiting me. So I know those two things. But he also likes a lot of other schools, too, you know, uh, or a few other schools, I should say. And it's going to be a lot of things to determine which factors he weighs more than others and this and that. Um, I mean, Ole Miss, he's always referred to as a home a home sort of environment for him. And I think that's going to that's going to play pretty, pretty highly for him, I, I do think. But I also think that... Um, the offensive scheme, um, how he's being planned to use, what the team's histories are at that position at running back, those things will also come into play. And so, therefore, I think that, you know, I think, and this is just me speculating ba- based on reporting and whatnot um, and conversation and covering the kid for the past six or seven months, whatever it's been, longer, I guess, math is off. But, um, you know, I think, you know, Ole Miss is one of those schools. LSU is one of those schools. Uh, Florida State is one of those schools to keep an eye on, and there may be a couple of others, but I, I, I do think those three schools are schools that are teams that people should be aware of, that, that is a high possibility for him as schools of likely destinations. And again, that's just me speculating right. based on reports this is not coming from his mouth, which makes it you know, just pure right. speculation on my end, just to kind of give you an idea. Um, I, and I do think that the other schools, such as Georgia, Tennessee, uh, those type of schools are still in the mix as well. I mean, we saw a Georgia co- coach at the uh, championship game Friday night. Right. We also saw two FSU coaches, and I heard that Ole Miss was there as well in full force with Coach Luke, Coach Nix, um, in the game as well. So, I mean, this isn't. You know, this is something that's going to be the compelling story, as it has been 
for the next few weeks. Right, and part of the reason why it is such a compelling story, there are a couple of reasons. Number one is the fact that Cam's a sensational talent. He's a five-star prospect. He's, I guess, rivals bumped him up to number eight nationally. As I wrote in my column from Friday night, there were 10 stars, he'd be a 10-star prospect. If there were 100 stars, he'd be a 100-star prospect. He's just that good. The other part of this is this is a down year in Mississippi in terms of talent. There aren't as many top-level Power 5 guys. And when that happens, and then a couple of them commit early or seem likely headed towards one place, all the energy becomes focused on one person. It's a perfect storm in that way for for what's going on here. Right, that's the thing. In some ways, it's kind of like Leo Lewis a couple of years ago, but that was different because it was an Ole Miss and Mississippi State thing. Um, you know, Jeffrey Simmons was a big deal last year, but so was A.J. Brown. Like, so was Nigel Knott. Like, there were half a dozen dudes that, like, a week before signing day hadn't made a commitment. Like, so, like, it was divided up. It's all going to be about K-Makers for the next month until he enrolls in school. And he has a difficult decision to make. Like, because none of these are slam dunks. You know, I you can sit there the positive negatives for each of them. You know, if he goes to LSU, LSU has a great history of turning out running backs. Ed Orgeron's a player's coach, apparently. That's, you know, that's the thing now, depending on who he gets as offensive coordinator. But that's a question mark. We don't know right now who his offensive coordinator is going to be. Is it going to be Lane Kiffin? Is it going to be somebody else that can change the offense and can change how it suits Cam? The other part is Darius Guy's kind of got an extended audition this year to be LSU's premier running back. He looked pretty good. He did, you know. And I, what you said about LSU is 100 percent on all all those points. I do think the offensive coordinator is going to play a role in, in Cam's recruitment, and so I think uh, I think they better get an answer on that pretty soon, though, because the longer that drags on, the longer you know. Hey, Ole Miss looks pretty good, and Ole Miss is building momentum and, and that sort of thing. Well, you know exactly what you're going to get. Exactly, and uh, and then on the other hand, you have Florida State, which. Cam Akers, when he was asked, hey, you know, who do you want LSU's next head coach to be? Jimbo Fisher or Ed Ordron? Those were his answers, you know? Right. So it was, that, that tells you two things. One, he supports the Ordron hire for LSU, uh, which a lot of people had already knew that was that was building toward it, it, what it became. And then it kind of shows you how much he likes Jimbo Fisher, mm-hmm. uh, whom he took an official visit to last month, in October, I should say. So that that's... Those are two things, in my opinion, that, that stand out to me uh, from that one answer. And that's a good – Florida State is a good setup for him in terms of running game. Dalvin Cook is leaving. Um, Cam and Dalvin aren't the exact same sort of running back, but the style was similar enough where you could see Cam stepping in there. And that's a program that's not afraid to give the ball to the running back and really let the running back carry them. And that's something that Cam wants. Yeah, and, and I, that's what he's used to. That's what Clinton's offense was. He was the quarterback, but that really was just—it was the most efficient way to get the ball into his hands. Yes, yeah. it was <laughs> the bulletproof way of saying I'm going to have my best player with the ball in his hands every single offensive play. Yes, and it worked well. And it worked. Worked real well for but, them. But that is what Cam is used to, and I think that Ole Miss has two problems in this commit in this recruitment in order to get Cam's commitment. The biggest one is the NCAA. We're not going to know what the fallout is. 
And I think it's hard for any recruit to commit to a program where they don't know what the future holds, but especially so for a top 10 national prospect that can go literally anywhere. It's so tough when you have that over your head and to some degree it's, you know, how do you operate like that from Ole Miss's standpoint, you know? Like, you don't. <laughs> how look, do you do it? Yeah. Class, they're not. Yeah, it's hard. It is so difficult. And so from a, and then from a recruit's perspective, it depends what type of player you are. Are you the superstar who has his pick of any school in the country? Right. Or are you a, you know, four-star, you know, borderline four-star, high three-star recruit that, hey, you know, if, if – if this is the best opportunity for me to get playing time, this is where I want to be. If this is in the same state or close by and this is where I want to be and it works out, then maybe you take that and you take that, I don't want to say risk, but you take the circumstances with the commitment and you just make that decision and hope for the best. And if something happens, you figure it out from there. Um, I think that's probably the biggest reason why we haven't seen so many uh, of the top-tier recruits give Ole Miss their commitment or publicly announce that they're committed to Ole Miss uh, because of that reason of, you know, there's just so much uncertainty, I guess right. is the best way to put it, looming or surrounding the program. It's part of the NCAA's punishment. It won't, it won't appear in the Committee on Infractions final report, but it is part of Ole Miss's punishment. Absolutely. That, Absolutely. That has continued to sit out there and, and hurt them recruiting. The other thing is, and you alluded to it earlier, Ole Miss under Hugh Freeze has never had a featured back. You could argue that's because they haven't had the guy. There's some validity to that. You know, Jeff Scott had some really good games as Ole Miss's running back. Um, he was inconsistent. Um, since then, they've really struggled. Akeem Judd had an okay year this year, probably pretty good. Um, but the problem is, I really truly believe that like Ole Miss wants to have a feature back Mm -hmm. and they want to be able to remove that stigma the problem is they've never had the guy and it's hard to get the guy until you've had the guy if that makes sense or until you have somebody and he develops under your program to become the guy that's the other thing they also have not developed the guy and the other problem is there are only so many offensive plays in a game. You have Shea Patterson, a quarterback. You have DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Van Jefferson, Demarcus Lodge, Octavius Cooley, Markel Pack. I mean, whoever else they have a wide receiver. They have a dozen wide receivers. Ole Miss has been a passing dominated team that last year recruited the number one quarterback in the country, who, while they, he went one and two, Nobody can fault how he did in that three-game audition. He looks very good for his future. And he has some stud-wide receivers. And so that's a question that Ole Miss has to answer is, even if you do get the stud running back, are you going to commit to giving him the carries? Because the passing game has been pretty good to you. Yeah, it was interesting, you know, after Ole Miss lost in the Egg Bowl, I was at Hugh Freeze's press conference, and, you know, I asked him about the defense and, you know, what has to change, what are you looking for in a defensive coordinator, my next question was, well, what about the offense, too? Because that didn't look particularly strong in games, especially in second halves of games. Right. And to his credit, um, Hugh Freezer gave very detailed answers with both of those questions. And he took a lot of blame on the staff. And he said, you know, we got to figure this out. We're going to do an exhaustive uh, sort of evaluation 
on both those things because it's not just one. And so maybe that helps in some way that maybe you could sort of sell that and say, hey, this didn't really work out that great for us at the end of the day, though, this year, um, where, yeah, our passing attack was great. We have the great quarterback. We have the receivers. We have the weapons. But right. where did that lead us to? So maybe that's what they sell to somebody like Akers, that, hey, you are that missing piece for us, that we will incorporate this, that, and the other thing to get you involved, to make you a focal point, because what we had this year didn't work. You know, So maybe that works to their benefit in some way, or they could use that. I could see them sort of using that as um, some sort of a selling point uh, to, to land Akers, because, like you said, um, with Shea Patterson, with their weapons, you could look at it two ways. You could say, hey, I want to be part of that and be that sort of, quote, missing piece, unquote, or, hey, this is a passing team, and you look at it that way. So it, it remains to be seen, of course, and that's why um, the decision is one of the reasons why it's so compelling is that you have a team like this in the mix, heavily in the mix. You have a team like LSU heavily in the mix, FSU <laughs> heavily in the mix. Um, so it, it remains just something that will there, be so interesting to watch right. unfold. There's going to be a leap of faith involved in whatever decision Cam makes. Exactly. Because you're not going to know everything. And that, and that's always true. You know, with Ole Miss, there's the obvious leap of faith we just discussed. With Florida, Florida State, Jimbo Fisher has spent the last two off-seasons flirting with LSU. Like, there's a leap of faith involved in that. Like, is this, this guy, guy going to be here? <laughs> is this guy going to be yeah. here? Even if I'm here three years, is this guy going to be here all three years? Right, right. Because it and, – and, and Florida State this year, you saw their fan base kind of go, if you're going to leave, just leave. They didn't do the, like, coach, much, we love you, yeah. we want you back. They're like, if you're going to go, go. Yeah. Which kind of tells you something about where that's that relationship currently is exists and that also works to Ole Miss's favor because what I always say about Ole Miss is that um, you know the guys who we've seen recruiting Matt Luke Hugh Freeze Derek Nix these guys have been there they will right. probably be there you know they're not going anywhere yeah so they, they have that working in their favor as well right it's a very good thing that Cam's not like a safety it would be a whole different proposition but yes in terms of being an offensive recruit that offensive staff is probably going to stay intact, short of something unexpected. Um, and with LSU, I think there's the leap of faith in that, like, Ed Orgeron earned the full-time job. Anybody who tells you they're 100% convinced that Ed Orgeron's going to be at LSU for the next 10 years? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Entertainment value is pretty high. Uh, right. Just to watch that unfold next year. But, hey, I mean, he, he's recruiting guys and he's having success for a reason he's very relatable to guys i think um and that's 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 key of course in recruiting is how relatable you are to the 17 year old 18 year old guy that you're that you're recruiting heavily and trying to get their signature um but yeah i think the main point here is just that there is going to be that leap of faith with any of those three schools and beyond because like i said before i i wouldn't 100% narrow it down to those three schools at this point right. just because it never came from Cam Akers' mouth. Um, and this is just me, you know, tossing some schools out there based on reporting. Um, but I, it extends further than that, and you could throw in the other schools also. I mean, like do you – with Tennessee, for example, <laughs> so many question marks there. Georgia, uh, more question marks Does there. Does the Champions so, of Life message really appeal to Cam Akers? <laughs> I've never asked them that. Maybe tomorrow I will ask right. him that at the uh, right. Miss Al game. 
about this owl practice. I'll, I'll throw that at him. See see what he says. Yeah, I mean, he did take he did just take a visit to Ohio State. It's yeah. really far away. It's also a program that, in a lot of ways, suits him. It and does. His run, it his does. Running style. Um, he did once commit to Alabama. Alabama's been really back burner for a long time. I think they're out of it. But if any program could all of a sudden in two weeks go from out of it to got the signature, it's Alabama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it was interesting. Uh, if we recall, his first visit was actually going to be Alabama, and he bat- his first official visit, I should say, was going to be Alabama, and he ended up not taking that visit. Um, he had some schoolwork or whatever going on. It just became a bad weekend to go to. But you kind of get the thinking that mm, he never circled back, or he hasn't circled back yet, I should say. So you don't know uh, where Alabama is on that you know, depth chart, if you will, for him. Uh, right. We have seen him take the official to, to uh, Ohio State. But even after that, um, I think that that sort of cooled off a little bit after that. Uh, the, the distance... Uh, could be a pretty big factor there. You know, Cam Makers has always said to me that I'm not afraid to go out of state. You know, he's, he said while, while uh, you know, he gets the questions about every school in the country, his one message to me has always been, you know, I'm not afraid to go out of state. I may not go out of state, but I'm not afraid to. So that, that's the thinking there that there's just so many different schools at play, uh, which makes his recruitment very unique in that respect at this point this late in the year. Let's. We've spent twenty five minutes talking about Cam, so let's spend that's it. it. That's it. <laughs> let's spend it. I mean, we could go another twenty five, but let's spend let's it. Stop, uh, please. Yeah, let's spend a couple minutes talking about some other dudes. I think the second most interesting uh, recruiting battle, or whatever you want to call it, going on right now is with Miles Brennan. It could be that, or it could be Willie Gay. I think Willie Gay's going to have his. I think Willie Gay's going to have his moment. I think right now it's Miles Brennan. For the fact, for the simple fact that like we don't know what's gonna happen with Miles, there there is more of a like chance of an eleventh hour like that school came out of nowhere. I think with Miles, because the way quarterback recruiting works, it, you commit early. Everybody tries to sign their, you know, commit their quarterback. That's their, your foundation piece that you commit everybody else off of. You know, here's here's going to be your quarterback, and so all the wide receivers know, the running backs know, the offensive linemen know. Like, so for in the middle of December to have any upheaval, it's a little bit of a scramble because where my, you know, now Miles is looking for a spot. Is he going to go back to LSU, or is LSU, as reports said, really going to rip up their quarterback recruiting, go total dual threat, which, by the way, could screw Mississippi State. Keontae Thompson, a Louisiana kid, doesn't hold on to his Mississippi State commitment. But Miles, I mean, does he go to Ole Miss? Does he go to Oklahoma State? Or is there someone else who's looking at their quarterback commit and going, I think we can do better? The other thing about Miles... And then set off the, you know... The musical chairs. Right. And the other thing about Miles is that before he committed to LSU, he wasn't that hot of a prospect. No. He blew up afterward mm-hmm. where he had the huge Elite 11 camp where he performed extremely well. And then he followed that up with 
an incredible senior season where he kind of broke every single record there was in the state as far as passing goes, with passing touchdowns in a career, passing yards, anything you can imagine. Miles Brennan now has his name attached to it. Um, so that's the other part of Miles Brennan recruitment is that this dude blew up after he committed, <laughs> which was one of the reasons why Oklahoma State was so late to offer the guy is because they didn't offer him when he went there because they never saw him throw. Right. So you can't offer a quarterback that you've never seen throw, even if he's a guy who has a good track record, is a bright kid like Miles. You're just not going to do it until you see the kid throw. They saw the kid throw after he committed to LSU. Weren't going to offer him then, of course. That just looks silly. Right. But they always kept tabs on him. They always kept tabs on Stan Stanislaus' head coach, with Miles, whatever. Uh, Miles never... To my knowledge, Miles Brennan never spoke to any other coaches or did anything recruiting-wise. Once he committed to LSU, he was done. Um, that was that was always been made clear to me is that once Miles had said I'm going to LSU, uh, he was going to go to LSU. Um, now things changed, changed of course with the coaching, and and they suddenly offer uh, Tua, who was committed to or is committed to Alabama, the dual threat. There's the quote from Ed or- Orchard about. How much dual threats are of importance these days? And then Miles Brennan's folks are just like, "What's going on here?" And I think that that's why also I tweeted this once that you know I like that idea of saying, "Let's not get dumped here and make us look bad. Let's be a little proactive here. Let's look yes. out for number one. Let's make sure that we are doing the best thing for us here." And so I like their approach of saying. Let's re quote reopen our commitment uh, recruitment I should say and see what's out there. I can't remember is he an early enrollee or is he going to sign in February? I believe he's a February guy. Okay, so he has a little bit of time, but he has time now to figure out who he wants to go visit, who he wants to go look at. He's not. You said you wait around to get dumped on the off chance that you don't get dumped. All of a sudden, it could be the third week of January, and you got like. A weekend to figure out exactly where you're going, yeah. and that's how you end up in scuba, right? Uh, and Miles Brennan isn't going to end up in scuba. scuba. Right. I'll tell you that much. He's gonna he's gonna be somewhere, um, and it's not going to be at a JUCO. It's not going to be at a you know mid, you know smaller program. It, it's no. it's going to be at a re- really good place, and he deserves to be at a really good place. And you know, I wouldn't be so surprised if he even ends up back at LSU after all of this. We saw. LSU has another quarterback committed to their program, um, and he's actually, I believe, taking an official visit to Auburn this weekend, which is where he was previously committed to, I, I think, if I'm getting this all okay. right. Um, so that may also stir up some, some nonsense, you know? And then on the, other, on the other side of that, you had Tua saying, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere else besides Alabama. Right after that offer was was, was uh, reported, so you have all those things in place, and it's not as if LSU have all, has all of a sudden landed another quarterback. They haven't, so I, I wouldn't be so surprised if he goes just, back. Ed Orgeron could have just screwed this all up. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a possibility. Like it could very well be that Ed just messed all of this up, couldn't stop himself. He doesn't even have an offensive coordinator yet. So I mean. Is this the first doing step? This, <laughs> he's doing this all backwards. Like, you hire the offensive coordinator, and then you tell the offensive coordinator what kind of quarterback yeah. does he want. Right. Unless he maybe he already has the offensive coordinator, and the guy isn't just publicly available yet. Could be. 
could be, but still, I still wouldn't announce but there's it. Only, I still wouldn't. But there's only four that. programs in the country where that would be the case. Lane is obviously the one that everybody rumors, but I, I have never bought into the idea that Lane Kiffin is going to leave Alabama for LSU. It makes zero sense. Unless you really have become tired of working with Nick Saban. But even so, there has to be a head coaching job that you would go to. And, yeah, I mean, I just don't see the the benefit, though, of, of going to, even if you are good friends with Orgeron or whoever the head coach is at a different program. I don't know. I just don't see it. I think Lane Kiffin has done enough in his career. Well, he's done some other things in his career as well that, that make you think otherwise. But I think he's done enough. His resume looks good enough, I should say, to say, hey, this guy, let's hire him as our head coach. I think there's a program out there that will do that. There's a group of five program that yeah. will. He's not getting a power five job, but there's a group of five program that would hire him as his head coach. And I think short of that, the most sensible thing is to just stay at Alabama where you're getting paid whatever you ask. Um, it's almost the perfect setup for Lane in that he's a dude who just wants to coach football and not have to deal with the like, – the trouble comes when he has to talk to the media and stuff like that. Well, what program's really good for that? Alabama, where Nick Saban <laughs> demands that you coach football for 90 hours a week and you don't talk to the media. Lane can do that. Yes, yes. So with, with Miles, I think I think you're right. I, now that I think about it a little bit more, his recruitment probably is number two in uh, the list of most compelling. It has the potential to have absolutely nothing change and also everything change. Yeah, it absolutely does. That's the best way to put it. But I I, uh, I would probably slide Willie Gay at a close three, though. Willie, Willie Gay, like they're all, all three guys we mentioned are very different kinds of recruitment. Willie Gay is your classic Ole Miss, Mississippi State, go to war with each other over a kid. That's what... Yeah. Every year there's one. <laughs> we were waiting for one. I mean, we, we may have it with him. He's coming off the official visit just this past weekend to Ole Miss where it looked like it went well. I haven't heard one way or the other, but I assume that it, that went very well. It looked like he was having a blast uh, based on pictures and whatnot that were that were found and then tweeted out and whatnot. He had some fun in the, uh, the basketball game, it looked like, in the student section and all yeah. that stuff. Uh, but I wouldn't ca- – I wouldn't – um, eliminate Michigan from it, though. Right. Still, you know, I, I just wouldn't do that. Just no, even if it's far away. You know, I I, I do think that Mississippi State has a good shot. Uh, he committed to Ole Miss for a reason. You know, he he, he likes those coaches there, and what and he likes Coach Freeze. Um, they've they've been on top of him. Um, the big thing with Ole Miss, and this this isn't always the case with with players, but I but the big thing with Ole Miss is going to depend on who they hire as their defensive coordinator. And I asked Willie Gay that recently, you know, how, I actually asked him right after the Egg Bowl, you know, I was kind of just, you know, a lot of people want reaction, well, what did you think of the Egg Bowl? Well, one team lost, one team got beat, but we're all going to forget about it in a few days anyway, and that's not going to be the determining factor of whether or not a kid goes to a school. Right. I shouldn't say everybody's going to forget about it. Fans will not forget about that. Right. Um, so I take that back in some but regard. The but the point, for yeah. the players is lost. Yeah, my players. point is, is that it's not going to... A kid's not going to sit there and say, okay, well, Ole Miss just got beat by 30, so there you go. There's my decision. You know, it it may contribute. I mean, it may whatever. But just like any game, it's going to be weighed. A lot of times it ends up working the other way. The program that loses is the one that can offer the most immediate playing time. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) There's that too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, though, uh, going back to to my point, so I I was asked – 
kind of asking about the Egg Bowl, but what I really wanted to ask him was, because that was also the day that it was announced that the defensive coordinator had announced his retirement at Ole Miss. Yeah, Dave Womack. So what, what I really wanted to ask him is just how much of, a big, how much of an impact is that for you? If, if they, I, I gave him the hypothetical, and I said, so say if Ole Miss hires X name, you, whatever, strong defensive coordinator who has a track record of developing linebackers or whatever it is, just has a, you know, a good history, you know, a, a big-name guy, what does that do for you? His answer was, it would be huge. Yeah. So there you go. I think that that will be something to keep an eye on, of course. And, you know, I kind of see it as a three-team race for him with Michigan, yeah. Mississippi State, and Ole Miss. But I had heard that LSU was also pushing heavily for him. Um, and I also asked him, well, this is what I heard. Is this true? And he said, yeah. So I, I will throw LSU in there as well as a possible, probably probably behind those three schools. But, you know, just because I, I just want to cover all the bases, you know, I don't want to say it's not in the mix because I asked him and he said, yeah, so why not? You know, <laughs> just add that there. But I, I don't know. I do think it's mostly going to come down to those three aforementioned schools being Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Michigan. So, yeah, and like you said, he's that typical uh, – he's more of a in-state battle brewing that's going to be a signing day sort of decision um which hey we needed one of those so good for willie gay yeah (laughs) (laughs) good for us (laughs) we're looking for one of those with you know so many early enrollees right this year too uh, i mean if you're a three or four star prospect in mississippi and you're listening and you're solidly committed like you can still commit to the school you're currently committed to but if you wanted to like just you know hang out for a little while and uncommitted so like we wouldn't hate that we're gonna get more names being people are gonna start calling us names now i know i know i'm totally joking you're gonna have Um, one of these three-star commits who is committed to like Ole miss and people are gonna call you an sos or uh, some acronym sammy sammy epps is still my favorite like committed to Ole miss forever has a great missile all-star game because that changes everything. When you start <laughs> in the missile, like, set the world afire, uh, decomm- decommits from Ole Miss in order to evaluate all his other options. All the schools correctly read it as, like, this is just you asking for attention and don't give him any. And then, like, a week and a half later, he commits back to Ole Miss. Like, it was, oh. like, the most fruitless. They don't get one of those this year. Maybe. Yeah. I, don't, I doubt it, though. I, I really doubt it. It's just it. one of those years. It is. Uh, which, I mean, it could be worse. I mean, I'm telling you, like, there were a half dozen kids not committed last year. And Courtney Cronin was downing sugar-free Red Bull by the case. <laughs> and I, at any moment, like, there was, like, a meeting that she and I had where we had to try to figure out how to cover six different signing day ceremonies with, like, three people in one day. And then, luckily, the kids finally committed, and it was all okay. Yeah, but, I, I don't anticipate it being that crazy this February at all which bodes well though for program I mean like look at Mississippi State for example they really did well this year uh, right. which is something I wanted to touch on a little bit on, on this podcast is that what I think what's most impressive about Mississippi State's class is how many early enrollees they have this year which is crazy um, I think like the average is probably like around five or eight with eight being sort of a high number. That's a high number. Yeah, yeah. it's closer to probably five or so. This team, I'm, I'm going to check in a second, but I believe they got like 13 or something crazy like that. 
um, which is pretty significant. And it's and it's this it's a skill position guy like you know Thompson or, or and, and guys like that. But it's it's also offensive and defensive linemen, which is imperative yeah. to get those guys developed early because as we've seen, <laughs> you need to work on those guys in order to have some success. Right, absolutely. Any more time that those guys have in a college weightlifting program is going to benefit them in terms of being able to make a early impact, which they need because they're losing three offensive line starters. And I think everybody on the defensive line that of significance except for Jeffrey Simmons, maybe like one other dude, but like, I mean, A.J. Jefferson, Jonathan Calvin, um, Nick James, they're all gone after the St. Petersburg Bowl. Going back to the uh, Mississippi State early enrollee thing, I, I think I just checked. I think that what I was what I was getting at is that I think they may be expecting thirteen or right. as many as thirteen, um, but they have close to that number already. And I got that information off of a pretty good weekend for Mississippi State as far as visitors and as far as recruiting goes. They had a lot of their committed players on their campus over the weekend, but they also had a few other guys. Um, headliner there is C.J. Avery, one of the top uncommitted players in the state, four-star defensive back out of Grenada, Danny Dozen player as well. Um, his last official visit was this past weekend at Mississippi State, which bodes well for uh, the Bulldogs. Yep, it does. I think that's a, I think that would be likely. I think. I, I, I think so, too. I think Auburn's in the mix. Um, Ole Miss has tried lately. We saw Hugh Freeze take a visit to to uh, do an in-home visit with him. Uh, maybe a little bit too too late for that. Yeah, uh, ship may have sailed. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think that December fourteenth is going to be when he announces, and that will be the first probably of the batch of top uncommitted players at this point that we'll see where he ends up. Sounds good. Let's go ahead and call it a podcast on that note. Obviously, it had been a long time since we had done one of these. Um, signing day, those are our most popular podcasts, so we'll definitely continue to try to do these. You can find them. Obviously, we'll embed them in stories on clarionledger.com. We'll tweet them out, do all that stuff. You can also subscribe on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Um, that's it. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>